Easter is one of the greatest celebrations in human history. This, this culminates the life of Jesus, God made flesh. He was born of a virgin. He lived a holy life, completely without sin. And then he died a substitutionary atonement. That, that means that his death paid for our sins. And that's a big deal because without Jesus, we're responsible for our sins. The, the Bible says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because of our sin, there had to be justice. There had to be a, a payment, a penalty for what we had done. And so God himself became one of us and he took responsibility for our sin. He died for our sin. The cost of sin is death. So Jesus came and he died. Hebrews 9.22 says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so Jesus died on the cross. His blood was shed to pay for our sin. That's why the cross is so prominent among Christians. That's why we celebrate it so much. This this symbol of, of pain and suffering, it means so much to us because that's how Jesus died. He died on the cross. You know, when you, when you pull up to Living Hope, one of the things you'll see on the front are the three crosses. We're celebrating what Jesus has done for us. We're, we're speaking to the great miracle of salvation that happened that Easter weekend, that Good Friday when Jesus died. He died to pay for our sin. On, on that cross, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, came about in that moment he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God when Jesus cried out my God my God why have you forsaken me in that very moment all the sin of all who would ever believe was placed on him and the pain of those nails and the pain of the scourging he took was nothing compared to the pain of the guilt and the shame of, of feeling the wrath of God being poured out on him in that moment. He who knew no sin, the righteous of God, took on all of our sin and he died paying for it so that now we who repent and believe become righteous. We have a right standing with God. In order for that to happen, we have to repent. That is, turn away from our old life, turn away from a life on our own. We have to believe that Jesus really is God, that he died for our sins, that he, he loves us and, and now living can live in us. We have to repent and believe and then we can be saved. Jesus made this possible. Jesus came. Jesus died for our sins. And, and having, having died for our sins on that cross, Jesus was placed in a borrowed tomb. And what happened next was amazing. On that first Easter morning in Jerusalem, something amazing had happened. Now, the poor disciples, they thought their adventures with Jesus were, were all said and done, that it was all over. What they had forgotten, though, is that Jesus had promised that he would die and then on the third day be raised. He had told them that the religious leaders were going to put him to death, but that he would be raised miraculously. And on that first Easter morning, as the ladies were coming to anoint his dead body, they were, they were met with two angels. And they asked a, a really good question. Why are you looking 
for the dead amongst the living. See, Jesus was alive. That tomb was empty. That's why we have this hope, because we know, those of us who believe in Jesus Christ, we know the moment we die that we are going to enter into God's heaven, we will be in the presence of the Lord Jesus who has been raised. I love 1 Corinthians 15, 54, and 55. Death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? One of the, my favorite things that Billy Graham ever said, he said, you know, if you ever hear that, that Billy Graham is, is dead and gone, he said, don't you believe it. After my death, I will never be more alive than in that moment because he knew that he was going to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. He knew in that moment he was going to be experiencing eternal life. And that's what we can all know who believe in Jesus Christ. This is our hope for those of us who have loved ones who knew Jesus, who have passed on. We know where they are. We know who they are with. And friends, you can know what will happen to you the moment you die. If you trust Jesus Christ, you can know that your sin is pardoned, that when you die, you will enter into God's paradise with Jesus and you will have eternal life. That morning, those women went running back to the disciples, all but one. Mary Magdalene, she had a really cool conversation with Jesus and he told her a little bit more about what was about to happen. The rest of the women were back talking to the apostles and the other disciples about what they had seen and heard. Peter couldn't believe it. So he takes off running. He finds the, the tomb empty. He, he sees what's happened and he, he sees the, the burial clothes of Jesus. He goes back. He reports what's going on. Meanwhile, a couple of guys, Cleopas and his buddy, they had heard all that, but they had to get to Emmaus. And, and, and Jesus knew where they were and he knew where to find them. And he knew that they needed to have a talk. And so the next thing that happened was amazing. So Cleopas and his friend, they had heard what the women said. They had heard the testimony of Peter. But for whatever reason, they wanted to head on to Emmaus. And so they take off on this trail, this road to Emmaus. And Jesus in his grace shows up. But they didn't recognize him. See, they were so busy. They were so caught up in what they thought the world was supposed to be like. They were overwhelmed with sadness. And so Jesus shows up, but they don't see him. They don't see the risen Savior right there. They'd heard the testimony. They'd heard the story. And yet here they are. They're walking along. Jesus is with them. Friends, we have to be so careful that we don't try to fit God Almighty in our very small expectations, in our very small world. God is so much bigger than us. God is so much better than anything we could ever hope or imagine. God has a plan for whatever we go through. Whatever you're experiencing in your life right now, here's what you can know. If you love Jesus and you've been called according to his purpose, well, God's gonna work it for good. How he does that, you know, only God knows. God in his glory is doing great things. And here's what we can be confident of. If we're not looking for Jesus, odds are we might not see him. If we're not looking for God to be at work in our lives, we may miss it. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. And then we are to live by faith. We, we cannot please God without faith. We can't see and experience what God has for us without faith. Now, Jesus started giving them a Bible lesson, explaining how the, the Savior had to die, how he had to be raised according to the prophets and, and all that had been written in the scriptures. And yet they still didn't see him. And that's something you gotta realize. You may know all the Bible facts in the world, but if you're not looking for God by faith, if you're not looking for the risen Savior to be at work in your world, 
You just may miss him. Here was, here was Cleopas and his, and, his, and his friend, disciples of Jesus, those who claimed to understand the, the will and work of God, who'd seen all the miracles, and yet they, they were right there with him and they missed him. Friends, are you missing him? Are you missing Jesus? Open your eyes. Look by faith at your life. Look where God is at work and join him in that. So they were almost to the city of Emmaus and Jesus acted like he was gonna keep on walking, but Cleopas and his buddy, they talked him into staying on and, and having a meal with him. And so they sat down at a table and they began to have a meal. And in the midst of the meal, Jesus did something. He took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to him. And in that moment, their eyes were opened and they understood this was Jesus. Uh, in this moment, the, the miracle happened because they realized what God had done. See, God did with Jesus what Jesus did with that bread. God gave his son. He blessed him so that he could come to us. He broke him so that he could pay for our sin. And then he gave him to us so that we could receive him and believe him. In that moment, Jesus disappeared after, after they realized who he is. And, you know, that's what oftentimes God does. He gives us just enough to believe. He gives us just enough so that we can have faith. And then he makes it so that we live by faith, so that we have to trust and obey and walk in the power of the Spirit. And that's the question you need to be asking yourself. Do I really believe that Christ is risen? Am I really living in this glorious life? These guys, they were overwhelmed and they knew what they had to do. Even though it was late in the evening and it would soon be dark, they had to go back and find the, the other disciples. They had to go share what they knew, that, that Jesus was alive, that he was risen. And that's what we're supposed to do. That's our calling is to let the whole world know. Now, these guys, again, it was almost dark. They had to go and find the disciples, probably in an upper room, in a dark room, where, where they could share what, what Jesus had done. Little did they know what they were about to experience. So Cleopas and his friend, they, they snuck into Jerusalem. I imagine they snuck just knowing that the disciples were probably on some kind of watch list. Uh, they found the other disciples in a very small room, and they began to basically share notes. Simon Peter is talking about, man, the grave was empty. Jesus has risen. The ladies are telling us they, they've had a conversation with Jesus. Jesus is, is alive, guys. Jesus is alive. And then... They add in, well, guys, you're not going to believe this. We were just walking down the road. You guys know we had to, we had to head on. And uh, on the way to Emmaus, Jesus shows up. And he's talking to us. And we didn't even recognize him. Maybe we just weren't looking right. I don't know. But they said, you know, we, we didn't recognize him. But then when he, when he blessed it and he, and he broke it and he gave us the bread, we, we recognized it was him. And then poof. He disappears. So while they're having this conversation, and don't you know, it's such a surreal moment because these, these guys are scared. They just killed their master. They said they were going to kill Lazarus. This would be no big deal for them to take out uh, another disciple or two. It'd be no big deal to give them a beat down. It'd be no big deal to basically remove them from the, the community of faith. These guys aren't sure what's going to happen with their lives. And so there, there's fear there. There's intimidation there. At the same time, they're shocked. It's like, are, are we making this up? 
I mean, are, are we just so deluded that we want to believe this, that we're just convincing ourselves that, that Jesus is alive? Are, are, are we just are we just kind of falling into some kind of like emotional, psychological trap? And about that time, Jesus walks in and he says, peace. And he, he begins to make it real clear that he's alive. He shows them his wounds. He, he shows them uh, that, that uh, he's, he's actual. He, he, he makes them aware of, of, hey, look, guys, check out the side. And to top it all off, the guys must have been eating because he says, man, give me some of that fish. And so they, they give it to him, and, and he eats right there in front of them. Jesus is risen. The disciples saw him day of. And, and in that moment, Jesus begins to talk to him about, hey, guys, I told you this all along. Jesus begins to outline the promises and, and to, to point them to the scripture. Everything he'd been saying all along, these promises tell us everything we need to know about why we celebrate Easter. These promises are crucial to understanding the Christian faith. The Christian faith is built upon the truth of God's word and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Easter is a celebration of God keeping his promise. Our God is a promise-making, promise-keeping God. This is how we know the greatness of God. Our God is great. And what we celebrate today is truly the greatness of God. Jesus revealed himself as the Savior. He died for sins. He was raised. He proved he was raised. And that night, as he was talking with those disciples, he reminded them everything that he had already said to them. He reminded him that, them that he was the fulfillment of Moses, of the law of Moses. And what he's talking about there is the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. We talked a little bit about this last week, that, that God promised that he would send a man who would be savior, who would be a king from the line of Judah. And so what we have in, in Christ is this, this one who is a prophet. Moses told the people one day there would be a, a prophet like him who would come and be their savior. And that's who Jesus is. And so when Jesus says that what was promised about him in the law of Moses, he's talking about this, this uh, guarantee that God gave that there was going to be a savior who would come, who is a man, who is God, who is king, who is prophet, who becomes priest, high priest of heaven through his sacrifice for our sins. More than that, the prophets. God spoke also through, say, the prophet Isaiah. You go back and read Isaiah chapter nine and you see how the Emmanuel has come, how the king of kings has come, the ruler who is our comfort, who is our healer, who counsels us and guides us in truth. This is the promise of God and he is the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. He is the one who was silent, who took this punishment that we deserve. By his stripes, we are healed. This is the promise of God revealed in the prophets. And then the Psalms. There are Messianic Psalms, Psalms like Psalm 22. Go back and read Psalm 22, 14 through 18. And here you have a description of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. He's surrounded by his enemies. He's pierced in his hands and his feet. They are, they are calling on him. They are mocking him. And Jesus is giving his life as the sacrifice. 
all of this, Jesus told the disciples that night, guys, this is what I've been telling you. This is what it's all about. This is what God said was going to happen. He goes on to talk about, you know, how he was teaching this. He, he said, I am going to suffer at the hands of the religious leaders. I'm going to die. And on the third day, I'm going to be raised. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is the eternal promise of God for everyone who believes. Jesus was pointing them to that night to the fact that it is only in his name, in the name of Jesus, that salvation is possible. That's how we become righteous. We can't earn our salvation. We can't make ourselves righteous. We can only be right with God by faith, knowing that Jesus has paid the full penalty for our sin. Now we can live in him and he lives in us and we have eternal life. This is what Jesus was talking about. This is what he was telling them. Then he goes on to say in, in verse 48, so now, you're going to be the witnesses. He was saying that to his disciples and now to us, that, that we are to now go and make disciples. Jesus said to those disciples that night, look, guys, you know it's true now. There, there is no denying it, that, that the salvation of the world has come. Now you got to, starting in Jerusalem, you got to go tell the whole world. And they began to tell the whole world, but the whole world hasn't yet heard not the whole world, it's now fallen to us. Now is our time. Now is the time of the church in, 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 this, in this year that we are to make disciples and we have that joy and that honor to let people know the truth. And the truth is God has kept his promise. God became flesh. God died for sins. God has been raised. His name is Jesus. And in Jesus alone, we can have salvation. But we don't do this in our own strength. We do this in the strength of the Holy Spirit. If you look in verse 49, what you see there is the, the promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to talk about this promise next Sunday, and I do hope you'll join us because we're also going to receive the Lord's Supper. And again, we're going to be scattered. We're going to be all over the place, all over the city, all over the nation and world as we gather as one family of faith. But we're going to be, we're going to be united because we have this common union we have communion. We have the Lord's Supper that holds us together in, in the faith that we share in Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit is what Jesus is talking about here in verse 49. And so he says, boys, I want you to stay put in, in Jerusalem until the power has come, the power of the Holy Spirit. And then you're going to be ready to go out and make disciples. And so now we live in a day after Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has come. And now because of his life-giving power, we're born again and we believe. And having believed now, we're followers of Jesus. And as followers of Jesus, we are commanded and called to love the world the same way God has loved us. The Lord God has filled us with his love, not because we deserve it, but because he's gracious and kind. In his graciousness and his kindness and his mercy, he has loved us. He has revealed the truth to us so that we can believe. Now it's our joy. Now it's our privilege to live this life of love, to go and show compassion compassion and kindness and mercy to forgive one another, to forgive others, to go and share the forgiveness of God and how new life is possible. This is our role in the world. And no, the world isn't maybe the way we want it to be right now, but God is in control. God has a plan. If we will open our eyes, we can see his hand at work. We can join him in what he's doing, not only in our life, but through our life and in our world. Whatever your world is right now, 
confined in a home or an apartment, uh, having to work extra hours to provide care for people, no matter where you are in the world and what you're experiencing, if you have trusted in Jesus Christ, the Lord God is with you. He is your Emmanuel and he's at work and you can join him. Now, maybe you haven't experienced the salvation yet. You can do that right now. You can choose to repent, that is, turn away from your old life, and you can choose to believe in Jesus, that He is God, lived a holy life, died to pay for your sins. You can ask Him to forgive you, and you can begin this new life right now. If you would like to begin this life, why don't you pray this with me right now? Let's pray together. Father God, I know I have sinned. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I believe that Jesus died to pay for my sin. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Take over my life. Holy Spirit, live in me and guide me in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe that in your heart and you confess that with your mouth, then Romans 10, 9 says that you are now saved. You now have a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you have already made that confession, maybe today you need to renew your commitment to Christ. Maybe you've gotten your eyes on the things of this world. Maybe you've gotten overwhelmed with what you can do and what what is happening. And and, and maybe you're not seeing God. Maybe today you need to, to renew your faith in the risen Christ. You need to ask the power of the Holy Spirit to be at work. You need to trust the Father's plan for your life. If that is true, why don't you pray this prayer with me? Father God, I know you are in control and I know you love me. I know you have a plan for me that has been revealed in Jesus Christ. And I ask you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would guide me in the truth of your word and the way that you want me to walk in. I thank you, Father, and I trust you and I recommit myself to you right now in Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you are walking in God's way, then he's gonna use you in the world. And one of the ways he wants to use you right now is to, is to spread the gospel, is to spread his love, is to let people know they're not alone. God has not abandoned us. And so maybe one of the ways you can do that is just in your neighborhood, going and praying for your neighbors, just letting them know that you care about them. There's a little card we've made available. You can print that out or you can make your own. Let your neighbors know, hey, I'm praying. And if you want me to pray for you, I'd be glad to. If there's any way I can serve, let me know. And in the process, you can share your story, what your life was like before Jesus, how you came to know Jesus, and now what God is doing in your life in the name of Jesus and the power of Jesus. So trust in the Lord and walk in his way and allow him to work in your life. Maybe you know someone right now who needs the love of God, maybe for salvation, maybe they're sick and they need healing. Maybe their heart is broken. Maybe they're troubled in their, in their minds. Why don't you pray for them right now? Let, let me guide you in that prayer, okay? Let's pray. Father God, you know the needs of our neighbors, of those in our, our home and in every generation. And Lord, you have us where you want us. And we have relationships with people or we know of people that right now need help. So Lord, would you hear the prayers of these who are praying right now? And, and wherever you are, right there, Share the names of those people. Talk about the situation with God. Ask God to bring healing. Ask God to bring salvation and hope and life.
Father, you know my heart, and I'm, I'm praying for some individuals right now as others are praying to you. And we know that you hear us because we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming. We praise you on this, your resurrection day, this Easter Sunday. We are so grateful for who you are and for what you've done. We celebrate you today. We honor and we glorify you. And we ask, oh God, that you would not only bless us, but you would enable us to be a blessing. We ask you to do this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, I hope today is a great day in your life. I hope that your faith has been has been renewed or begun. And I, I hope that God is, is doing a miracle wherever you are. Listen, if today you became a Christian or maybe you need to be baptized and baptism is a very important part of the Christian faith. It doesn't make you a Christian, but it announces that you're a Christian. The first thing a person needs to do who has, who has believed in Jesus is that they need to be baptized. They need to, to have someone who takes them underwater, which is a picture of their death. Their old life is dead and over. The water, it's a picture of being washed clean and then being brought up there. We are raised to walk in new life. If you've never been baptized and you're a Christian, you need to be baptized. And if you're a baptized believer, you need to be a member of a local church. We can help you with that at Living Hope. And so we're going to show some information how you can contact us because we want to contact you. We want to be a service. We want to be a means of help to you. And so we're going to share some contact information. Please get in contact with us so we can get in contact with you. And let's together see what God is doing. Again, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance upon you and give you peace.